Hey everybody, it's your girl Queenie Love from the Relationship Zone, the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Once again, I am back doing what I love, talking to the people, interviewing amazing people, connecting and building relationships, or so I'm trying. Um, well, tonight or today, depends on where you are and you know which side of the globe you're on, um, I'm welcoming uh, Cass. C-A-S-S, the boss. All right. So Cass is an amazing author, a mom. She's an entrepreneur. She has done a lot of work, created, written two books. Um, Cass Warford, W-O-F-F-O-R-D. Um, of course, you can Google her. You can look her up on TikTok. Once you get into this podcast, you will hear so much more about what Cass is doing, where you can find her, the things that you know she's she's working on, things she's involved in, and ways that you can follow her on social media. But one of the things that jumps out at me is what we're talking about. We are chatting about some shadow work. We're chatting about healing. We are chatting about relationships. We're chatting about love. And y'all know how I feel about talking about love, right? Love, 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 love is everything. And in this conversation, you will hear how Cass and I both connect and we relate in that same belief. We believe in love. And I know that you all do as well. This is why you stop by the relationship zone, because you too believe in love. So, hey, without further ado, I want to Take a moment. Welcome, Cass, to the Relationships on the Podcast. I want to thank you for listening. The returning listeners, thank you so much. I'm sending you love and light and hugs. And for those that are brand new, hey, follow me on Facebook, follow me on IG, follow me on TikTok, the Relationship Zone. Come out there, leave me a message. Let me know that you heard my podcast and that's why you're now following me on social media. I would love to connect with you anywhere, anytime. Just stop by. All right, guys, let's get into this. Thank you so much. And please welcome Miss Cass, the boss to the Relationship Zone, the podcast. Let's get into it. Hey, I did a quick intro on my page, just kind of letting people know who you are, a little bit about your background, the things that you're passionate about, why mm-hmm. we're here, what we're talking about. But please, guys, I would love for you to do a soft introduction of who you are. Okay. Yeah, tell us a little bit about you. I, I didn't do I didn't do as well as you can. So okay. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. I can't even talk tonight. Um, and I'm a mom. Um, so I have a transport logistics company. Um, so I work with a lot of truck drivers. Um, I work with a lot of brokers and logistics, transport, all that stuff, things we need to keep America moving forward. Um, and I've been in this industry for about two years now. Um, honestly, I love it. It's definitely a male-dominated industry, but um, I love it. I get to help people build out their business and in the process build my own. Um, which is very empowering because, as you know, COVID hit everybody hard. And at the time, I was working, gosh, like maybe 30 to 45 minutes away from home. Um, and my kids were in school virtually. And I was just like, okay, God, I really want to be able to be at home with my kids during these uncertain times. Like, I didn't want to have to worry about the commute and getting sick and bringing it home to them. Um, and at the time, my job wasn't allowing very many of us to work remotely. And of course, at one point, we all ended up catching COVID. Um, and I switched jobs to a remote job, but I was still afraid of going back into the office. Okay. And my jobs are like, you know, we're opening back up. You have to come back to work. And I was like, okay, I've been doing this on the side for a while now. So I'm going to go ahead and just step out and just do it on my own. And it was a big leap of faith, um, leaving my you know nine to five and risking being an entrepreneur. You know, at the time I just got a divorce. So I was like a single income household again. So I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to take this chance and do it. And I did it and I've been doing it ever since. And between the the logistics and the writing and the journals, I've just been, God has been opening doors. So it's been a real blessing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So wait, you just gave us a whole mouthful. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You went on this entrepreneur journey Mm -hmm. after a divorce. Yes. Girl. Now, you know, a lot of people feel like they can't do, you know, because, you know, divorce takes a toll on you. 
And yes. sometimes it's difficult to pick up those pieces. I know that you Absolutely. read your book. How did you muster up that type of tenacity, um, right? <laughs> well, I started out doing it uh, like part-time while I was still working my nine to five. Um, and I had been praying and praying. I'm like, okay, God, I really want to do this. I think I can be successful at it. I know I can grow it. Um, because, you know, when you give a lot of work ethic to your corporate job and they don't appreciate you, you start saying, I can give the same work ethic to myself and become successful. And that's the point that I was at. It's like, I know I'll work hard for myself, just as hard as I'm working for corporate America. So it was definitely a risk. It was not easy. There was some financial uncertainty, definitely. Um, But for me, I kind of developed the mindset of, I have more time behind me than I do. So I didn't want to keep living in that perpetual state of, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it when. I'll do it when I get to a certain place. It was like, at this point, it's now or never. If I jump, God, I'm trusting you to catch me. And that's kind of where I was with it. Listen, someone in the comment section said that you're being modest. Is that right? (laughs) She's being modest? Wow. So there's there's more. Don't worry. We're going to dig into it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I always know when our friends call us out that I... Yeah. (laughs) Truly, we can't be, <laughs> I get it. So your friend is calling you out here. So with that being said, you know, you know, in the midst of all of this, you go through a divorce, you're creating your own brand, you're building, you know, you're stepping out on faith, you're a mom, you know, obviously you're a dreamer. You're, I mean, where does that come from, Cass? Like, where does that drive? And I said tenacity, but now at this point, I'm like the audacity to still strive and to succeed. Where does that come from? Um, You know what? It comes from seeing my mom and my stepdad. um, Mm -hmm. Because growing up, my mom and my stepdad adopted five kids. um, And four out of the five are biological brother and sister. And they all had issues with, you know, drug abuse because their mom was on crack. And um, my dad worked at a steel factory. He's still there. He's been there, gosh, probably almost 30 years now. And I remember just seeing them serve each other and how they came together to help people, you know, even outside of our home. Like my parents never met a stranger. They were always taking people in, always helping people. My dad worked hard. He would work double, sometimes triple shifts. And they served each other. They served the church. They were just always serving. And I always said, like, I can't wait till I'm in a position one day to be able to retire my dad, Mm -hmm. send my parents away, just like make things better for them. Because just seeing how much they impacted me with their work ethic, their love for each other, their love for others, I wanted to give them some of that. So my whole goal is that I want to make a legacy for my children and for future generations. But I also want to be able to put my parents in a position where I'm like, you know what, you don't have to worry about anything else anymore. Just relax. I got it from here. What a daughter. What a daughter. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm hoping they leave me everything in the wheel, really. That's what I'm hoping. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's with, it's with love it's always love right. <laughs> I felt that way with my dad I just wanted to not just make him proud but to be able to do something for him so that right. you know because his his struggle and journey was different from mine and um, and I just wanted to be able to give you know him a break you know right. I, I know he worked hard for a long time and Absolutely. I was just like God I just want to be able to give you a break and I would, I would when he was alive give him my very last uh-huh. um, and I was okay with that yeah with that you know all right so you are an author um and in the flyer i have your most recent book and i want to get to that but first i want to talk about there was a first book so gee whiz what do you not do Kaz? let's talk about that first book tell me a little bit about it funny because a lot of my friends always call me a jamaican they said there's nothing you can't do um, but honestly, that doesn't come without the support of my circle. You know, like my best friend, April, who I co-wrote the second book with, which we'll get to that. Um, her and I both had this mentality of just keep figuring out things to do, things you're naturally good at. Apply your work ethic and your skill set to new things. Eventually, you'll find something that'll stick that you'll master, and that's what's going to make you a millionaire. So that's kind of the, the idea, the stance that I take with all these different businesses. It's like if I apply my work ethic and my general knowledge and my ability to obtain information, eventually I'm going to find that one thing that's going to stick and that's going to work out for me. Um, so my first book was Purpose of Shadows. And honestly, that um, a lot of what I write about honestly came during the, the midst of my, my marriage and then towards the end, the separation and divorce. And it was just me trying to find out who I was. Because again, I had that mindset of I have more time behind me than I do ahead of me. So it's like I have to get these stories out, number one. But then I also have to get to the root of who I am. Yeah. and why I keep ended up in certain places and where I want to go and how I'm going to get there. 
I mean, at one point I was on the internet like Googling what is my purpose. Mm. I don't know why I thought the internet was going to just pop up like cash or purpose is this. But I was like searching for who I was because yeah. I hadn't figured it out yet. I spent 10 years working in healthcare and then I switched to finance and I still didn't find that thing where it's like, this is it. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is what makes me absolutely happy. Yeah. And I was are you, lost. Are you still on that journey though, trying to figure out that thing or have you found it? Um, honestly, it's a continuous journey. I found what I feel like is my path. Um, but I know there's going to be other things that are come up that are going to bring like branches of this path. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I feel like it's a constant state of learning and evolving and knowing who you are as you go through different seasons. Mm-hmm. So in this season, I feel like I found it. In my next season, I feel like I'm still searching and I will be still searching to figure out who I am in that season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, funny you bring up seasons and I know that's not really what we're talking about, but I had a conversation earlier today on my ride in talking about seasons and how seasons change and how we show up differently in certain seasons of our life. We just have to be aware of the season that we in and mm-hmm. not and not give us such a hard time because we're not acting the same way in each season. We're, right. we're evolving. And when we're, when we're living and moving on purpose or even finding our purpose, mm-hmm. oftentimes we're going to look different. We're going to yeah. move differently. And everyone can't understand it. And that's okay. Give yourself grace. You're still figuring it out. So I'm glad you brought that up. It just kind of, yeah. Yeah, it absolutely fits. <laughs> yeah, it totally fits. So yeah, thank you. So listen, I want to talk a little bit about, um, of course, I want to get to the second book, but the shadow work. You, yes. you know, you speak about shadow work and I saw it out there on your bio and let's talk about that for those that are watching may not understand what is shadow, what is the shadow work you're speaking of? Let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. We well, yeah, my first book is called Purpose of Shadows. Um, and like I said, I came, um, I came to that point in my life when I was at the, the end of my marriage, um, because so my first relationship, I have three kids, my older two are with one person and then my youngest is with my ex-husband. Um, and when my marriage was ending, I was like, you know, why do I keep coming back to these places? You know, why do I feel like I keep repeating these same lessons, you know, with these men and my relationships aren't working? And so as a cancer, I never like to say that I'm wrong because I'm usually right. I mean, that's just what it is. <laughs> People always say, why do you think you're right? Because I am. <laughs> so, Not my fault. Um, there was a point where I had to sit down with myself and entertain the, the crazy notion that maybe you're not always right. Maybe there is something going on with you that you need to fix and you need to work on and figure out. And I was like, no, that's crazy. That's not, that's not true. <laughs> but then I was like, yeah, you probably want to revisit that. Yeah. Um, and so that's where the idea for Purpose of Shadows came from because it was like, shadow work is essentially you figuring out what traits you have inside of you. Um, and even if it's unconsciously, what traits do you have inside of you that you haven't dealt with that is causing whether it's psychological harm or some type of trauma in your life? And it's usually rooted in trauma. Um, and so it's like, what haven't you dealt with that is manifesting in other ways in your life in a negative way that's causing you to repeat these same lessons that you haven't learned from yet? Yeah. And so that's where I came up with that concept from. And so I had to take a deep look inside of myself. Like I had to, and that's where I started journaling as well. I had to sit down and like revisit my traumas and the hurt. And, and it was not easy yeah. to revisit that. It's never easy to look into your past and be like, yeah, this is, this is a problem. Um, especially for me, because there was a lot of stuff that I thought I healed from and I just suppressed it. Yeah. I was really good about pushing stuff to that dark corner of the closet where it's like, I don't have to look at this anymore. I'm just going to pretend like it's not there. Mm-hmm. But eventually you got to turn that light on and you got to look at it. Yeah. And it's painful and it's triggering. But you can't heal from it until you examine it and then air it out yeah. to where it's not an issue anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all getting something from that? Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the shadow work journey um, caused me to become an adverse childhood experiences trainer. And uh, I connected the pieces for myself and for, you know, obviously I want to help others, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's so important when we want to heal and when we want to just grow and maybe make some changes from within that we do this shadow work. And and, and I agree with you. It's not pretty. It's not comfortable. Um, With all of that being said, on your journey with shadow work, did you find that you had to confront others about 
maybe your life journey or whether it was in-person or just within to kind of call out certain things that you've been dealing with or had dealt with in your life. Did, did you did you have to take that journey as well? Yes. Um, and actually, I visit some of that in my book. Um, I actually had sat down and had a conversation with my dad and that wasn't easy. Um, and when I when we talk about my second book, I'll get more into that because it's called Putting Back the Pieces from Hurt to Healing. And we talk about our healing journey and how we had to come to certain realizations and have certain conversations. And I'm not going to lie, when I first put it out, I was a little bit hesitant because I'm like, some of these people I haven't had conversations with and they won't even know certain things until or if they read the book. And at first I was hesitant because I'm like, well, how are they going to perceive it? And I was like, you know what? It's my story. It's my healing. It's my shadow work. At this point, it's not about how you're going to perceive it or how what you're going to think about it if you agree with it or not. It's my story to tell. Yeah, yeah. And it's a part of my healing. Yeah, that's that's the hard part, Cass, is when we go on our own journey to heal, oftentimes others that have been ignoring or suppressing or just turning a blind eye, they become very uncomfortable because honestly, they know the truth. They mm-hmm. just was thinking that the truth was going to just kind of stay where it was at hidden and then those that don't know the truth unfortunately they're left with um oftentimes they're presented or faced with guilt and Mm -hmm. so I find that sometimes we have to I like to say soften the blow of those that really didn't know you know sometimes people don't know they hurt you sometimes people don't even realize that the feeling that you experienced was abandonment um Mm -hmm. Sometimes people didn't even have the tools themselves. And so whenever we began to heal and we began to talk, I think talking is therapy, it's healing as well. Um, Some of those people have to face the demons that they didn't even know existed. And that too can, can, um, you know, it can spark some very uncomfortable uh, situations. And it also can put strain or build relationship. That's the beautiful part of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I learned is that just because you're healing and doing shadow work doesn't obligate somebody else to do it, even if you're having those conversations. Because some people, you can tell them and they'll still be denial and then they'll be mad at you for your healing. And it's like, why are you? But it's because they, they're not ready to address it yet. And that's why I say in the Purpose Shadows book, you have to be in the right mind frame. You have to be in the right spirit to want to do shadow work and then address your healing. Because if yeah. you're not in the right frame of mind, you're not going to be able to do it. This is true. So, so tell me, how many years have you been on this journey of shadow work and kind of dis- rediscovering Kaz? Um, about three years now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm as someone who's dealt with depression in the past, there were times where it absolutely was not easy. It's so easy to slip back into that mode of like beating yourself up and judging yourself and not showing yourself enough grace. And it's those times that you have to have people around you who are like, you know what, you're better than this, you're worthy, you're getting to a better place, and they encourage you. It's it's definitely a solo journey, but that's when you have to ask for discernment to be aware of the people around you. Because you have to have people around you who are pouring into you and not just patting you on the back going, oh girl, it's okay. Don't worry about it, you got this. They have to know your struggle, they have to know how to lift you up, how to cover you with prayer, and how to keep you uplifted when you're beating, because we can be so hard on ourselves, right? Yeah. You know, we tend to show ourselves less grace than we show other people who hurt us more than we hurt ourselves. For sure. And that's why your circle was important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least for me, it was. No, it's definitely. I, I, <laughs> I think yeah. it's important for a lot of us. If we're, if we're honest about it and we're yeah. on our own journey, it's important for a lot of us. And and, and this is the, the other thing I want to kind of um, segue into is when you know that you've grown, um, did you have a moment where life happened and you knew you had grown in that area that used to maybe um, was your weakness or used to get you down? Did you did you have one of those, as Oprah say, those ha-ha, aha moments or light bulb moments? Um, absolutely. Um, I got to a point where uh, there were some people who were close to me that I was kind of getting that feeling of, um, God was showing me like this person is not for you. Um, like certain things that had been said behind my back had begun to be exposed. There were certain like attitudes that I had probably pushed up under the rug before because it's like I'm not finna trying to rock the boat. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, I got to a point where I had to kind of cut those people off, and I knew I had grown. I didn't take it personal. Ooh, because um, for me that's hard. Uh, <laughs> I like the whole grudges, so I had to get to a point where I didn't take it personal. And where I realized that it's not always about me, mm-hmm. which again, as a cancer, it's like, well, why the hell isn't it? Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> I 
had to get to a point where I realized um, they're hurting. They're hurting and they haven't healed. And this is more about them than it is about me. Mm-hmm. And be able to walk away and maintain my boundaries. And that was the biggest thing was maintaining my boundaries. Girl, I'm still growing in that yes. space. Let me share, okay? <laughs> this is a safe space we're going to share. And, and I want to be transparent. I had a challenging morning was confronted about something out of the blue totally threw me off my mm-hmm. growth said don't take it personal right and I remember plus I mean I had I was in trainings and meetings all day so I wasn't able to even address it properly mm-hmm. um, but I remember just kind of reflecting back how I probably would have responded <laughs> you yeah. know a couple couple years ago maybe even two years ago um and I, rem- I was driving home today and I said, you know, you've grown because you really, I knew my truth and um, I knew my intent. And then I thought about what more do I have to explain? Uh-huh. Uh, and, and I chuckled as I was pulling into my apartment building and I said, you know, you've grown girl because you would have taken that personal and you would have been trying to prove yourself and calling this person and trying to sit down and have there was zero come by y'all's <laughs> it's just like <laughs> honey I am at peace <laughs> and and it takes the shadow work because mm-hmm. things like that ordinarily would have triggered me a couple years ago but I'm thankful I'm thankful for my challenges right because it allows mm-hmm. us all to see where we've grown and where we still need to grow right we still well, need I'm, to grow. I'm gonna be transparent I'm still growing in that area um, yeah because I, I ran into that challenge just this morning um, where I'm one of the people where it's like the, the snapback. When you, you try and challenge me, it's like, it can be really real. So <laughs> I'm quick to hit somebody with the, who you think you're talking to? <laughs> so <laughs> I came across that this morning and I had to stop myself like, Cass, don't do it. Yeah, Jeez, yeah. Don't do it. Don't give into and then don't do the verbal exchange is going to come with that. Yeah. Um, to stop myself and, and kind of fall back like all right just think about it outside of how you feel and how you think you heard it and clarify before you snap back yeah. and I'm glad I did because it wasn't what I thought but I was about to come off quick like no nah, don't do that <laughs> well, <laughs> <about to cry. laughs> well for me you know what's funny is that oh it's exactly what I thought uh yeah but but you know I just was like it's not even worth my energy. Right. Right. Um, and again, it takes a while to get there, right? Yeah. I wasn't always there, so I don't even want to act like I was. But 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 I think again, I think honestly, like one, I think you and I both we're big on uplifting, we're big on empowering, we're big on relationships. I know when I'm wrong, and I remember looking at myself in the mirror, it's like, you know what? You need to own the fact that you should have kept yourself out of that, right? Mm-hmm can't blame anyone for that that's growth because again I would have been you know deflecting and projecting and all this and and I'm just big on relationships and healing and although I may not I don't think we'll all ever be fully healed right because life constantly Mm -hmm. life constantly sends you re-injures injury constantly it doesn't matter right Mm -hmm. Um, but we just got to get a little tougher in certain areas, right? We got to grow some calluses in certain areas. Um, we, we, we know what has happened to us, but, um, I, I really just took a moment was just like, Ooh, girl, <laughs> Ooh, the lesson, take a lesson from it. You know, if right. you feel good, take a lesson from it and, uh-huh. and just move on. Right. Um, but that, that comes with shadow work. So if there's anyone that's watching and you know, you've, want to know more about shadow work hey hit me up hit up cast we'll tell you a little bit more about that you know and and get you some resources and information on what that looks like because it is it's it's a deliverance um and i believe cast and you can correct me if i'm wrong it's a lifelong journey absolutely because like you said life will keep poking at those wounds to see if you've actually healed it or if you just covered up with a band-aid but it's still bleeding and infected yeah um, and that's the hardest thing is that and it might not even look the same. Like you're going to come around to that same point. It might be a different person, a different time, a different place, a different type of situation, but it's going to be that same lesson to see if you learned anything from it. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, how sweet it is, honey. That is right. <laughs> okay. Come on. Let's get into the second book, girl. Cause I can stay here for a while because yeah. you know, again, you know, <laughs> still working through my day. Uh-huh. <laughs> let's get into the 
second book though. Let's talk about these pieces, honey, pieces. Ooh, I heard a Yala Van Zandt do a talk on pieces, putting back, putting, picking up the pieces. And that thing just, I mean, it rocked my soul. This was years and years and years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm really interested in hearing about your point of view on this, this concept. Let's talk about it. Okay, so like I said, I wrote this book with my um, with my best friend April Hogan, and it started off. Show um, the book. Where the book? A, Where the book? It's right here. Uh, so I wrote this with my best friend uh, April. So it started off um, as four of us. It was me, and April, and my cousin Trisha, and a friend of ours, Erica, that we grew up with. Um, and we've all been on different parts of this healing journey um, and going through things and trying to release certain things from our past and you know heal from it and get to a better place. And originally it started off as something we did on Clubhouse and it was called Healing the Melanated Soul. It was for black women. And we would just get together and share what our journey was and we were healing from and giving each other, you know, uplifting each other. Yeah. Um, and so then we had people who weren't, because at that time it was Clubhouse just for iPhone users. So we had people who had Androids who wanted to join in. So we switched it to like a Zoom call meeting. And I mean, we would be on there for hours sometimes. And, you know, women would be sharing their stories and we'd be crying. And it was just like, uh, it was emotional. But I mean, it was so beneficial um, to so many people. And as it began to grow, we kind of told with the idea of making it a book. And um, ultimately, you know, Erica and Trisha had other things to come up where they couldn't fully commit to, you know, going forward with the book. So me and April did it. Um, and we broke it down to where we picked certain topics that we wanted to address that had been a common thread in our uh, meetings and our healing and melanated soul meetings. Um, and so we wanted to kind of address those things in our lives from our healing perspective and how we coped with healing from it, where we were in our healing journey. Cause we always want to be transparent, right? Yeah. And there were some things that it's like, okay, we started the process, but we ain't there yet. We're still working through it um, because some things trigger and they have deeper scars than others. So we had to get to a point where we were transparent to say, you know what, I'm just not there yet. Mm-hmm. And so we covered a wide variety of topics. I mean, I talked about my divorce. We talked about soul ties, toxic sex soul ties, mm-hmm. um, which was a big one for a lot of women. You know, how do you oh, let yeah. go of that narcissist? Get Girl, that like weight that. off of choosing the wrong person and trying to find somebody right. Because, you know, especially nowadays, you have all these toxic men who are like, we don't want women who got, you know, so many kids and so many baby daddies and been with so many dudes. And it's like, well, how do I take this stuff off of me to be able to go back out there and present myself without feeling ashamed of my past and things like that? Um, We talked about the superwoman complex. You know, as women, we have to be, we have to put on that cape every day and we got to go out here, whether we're on our periods and we're menstrual and we're sick, we still got to do it all. That's not always a gift. That can be a curse. It's It's a mindset that you have to bear that burden and you don't always, but we feel like we have to. That's something we need to heal from as well. Yeah. So we talked about a variety of topics. I want to say the book might have like 15, 16 topics that we talked about. The hurt, and then we address the healing from it as well. Wow. We must get that book. Show it one more time yeah. so people can see it. When they're looking for it on Amazon, they know exactly what yeah. it is. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Y'all see that? Putting back the pieces. And it's also on the flyer, so you cannot miss it. Don't give me no excuse. Absolutely. Come on. Come on, family. <laughs> So don't be playing. Not just that, I need y'all to heal. I share this in my um, in my uh, women's group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I have a group where I coach and talk with women um, about healing after being in a relationship with an abuser slash narcissist uh, and what that looks like, right? Um, and so I think any type of book that feeds the soul and empowers us and opens our eyes, I think the ladies, and we have a couple men in there, they, yeah. we, we need it, right? Um, so thank you for writing this book. I have not read it yet, but I definitely have to get into it. Um, mm-hmm. So I can see, I'm sure there's a lot of things in there that I can relate to. That Superwoman Absolutely. Complex, got it. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Um, survival, yeah. survival of abuse, got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also realizing that I enable some of those same behaviors, right? So yeah. I'm healing in that space too. Absolutely. I don't want it to happen again, right? Mm-hmm. I talked to my ladies about accountability. Um, we do teach people how to, how to treat us. And so um, we have to kind of unpack why. Why was that behavior okay? Why yeah. did we feel that we could not move forward without that person in our life, you know? Um, 
So I'm, I'm always trying to make sure that we are aware. You got to be aware of who you are and your wiring and your why. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the topics that I cover in the book as well. Is I talk about the self saboteur, why we're so hard on ourselves and why we hurt ourselves the way we do, and we show so much grace to others, and we just so we beat ourselves up. Um, and it is. It's a very prevalent in our community because we tend to, like I said, we tend to show grace to other people. Yeah. Um, but then we expect ourselves to know better and to learn from things that we didn't even know were a danger to us. Yeah. Yeah. We're human. I mean, and I feel, I find it funny when people always say, well, I'm not perfect. Nobody's asking you to be. Yeah. Nobody expects you to be perfect. Jesus wasn't perfect. Like, you know, we, we don't expect for people to be perfect. Um, but we have this unnatural idea of ourselves that we should be perfect. We should know better. We should see every mistake before it comes. And that's just not reality. Where do you think that comes from? I mean, it, I say that kind of rhetorical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where do you think it comes from? Um, but how do we unlearn it? Let's talk about that. Maybe the process of trying to unlearn that type of thinking and behavior. What can we do? Um, honestly, for me, because um, that was one of the chapters that I wrote about, for me, it was understanding your voice. Because we all have that intuition, right? That tells us when something is not but we tend to overlook it and be like, oh, it'll be okay. I'll figure it out along the way. You know, well, he did this too, and that was fine. So I'm gonna overlook that red flag because it's a green one is right next to it. And we act like we don't see it. When you get that first instinct, when somebody first shows you who they are, follow your gut instinct and trust that and believe that. Don't try and sugarcoat it, take it for what it is. That's a large part of it. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, again, it deals with other people. Then in hindsight, we're like, well, why did I let him? Why did I let her do this to me? Why didn't I see it? But you did see it. You just didn't pay attention to it because you were blinded by something else. So it's being accountable to us first and being like, okay, I saw what this was. I'm going to accept it for what it is instead of what I want it to be. Because so many times we fall in love with potential and well, it could be this and it feels like it could lead to this. And I hope that it's going to be this. And it's like, but no, they're showing you what it is. Not what you want it to be. They're showing you what it is. Follow that and then let that be. And then always ask for discernment. I've just gotten back in today and I'm always like, okay, God, show me which way to go. Show me what I need to see ahead of time so I don't fall back into this same trap and overlook things that I would have overlooked in the past. Yeah. And it's it hard out here in these dating streets, girl. Huh? It's hard out here in these dating streets. It is. It is terrifying. <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it here. I canceled a date the other night and I was like, you know what? I'm just really overwhelmed right now. I'm like, and this is me being accountable. I am overwhelmed with the amount of like, you know, suitors coming at me I'm like I'm trying to just discern what I want to do and where I want to go so give me a second to collect myself and pray about this and meditate and settle my spirit and then I'll, I'll pick up and go from there and he was understanding about it some people are not as understanding but he was like I completely understand I don't want you to make a bad decision and it doesn't work out well for either one of us so I was happy that he understood yeah. and I hope he understands if I don't call him back but <laughs> <laughs> It's hard. It's hard out here in these dating streets. Yes, it's hard for real. I, it was funny because um, I don't know if you heard my my podcast. I did this like whole journal, which is why I took a couple weeks off from podcasting. But I took a whole journey of, of dating and, and journaling it. Um, I, I tried every little thing in the book, you know, date multiple people, be very transparent. They just want, I did all the things, right? And I, I feel like what you just said, like, I just had to take a break. I'm like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. I mean, I, and here's the reason why I was really exhausted. I believe you entertain so many different spirits, and mm-hmm. they dra- they can drain you. Some will, some will pour into you, but it's it's not a lot of that, right? So if you look, if I looked at the total of people, it was more draining than anything else. Absolutely. And I would, t- I was so tired of having the same conversations. And I said the exact same thing. I can only answer, how was your morning? How was your day so many times? I'm like, you know what? I'm over it. Well, it was exhausting. And listen, I, you know, I don't want to complain. I was blessed to not have to spend a whole bunch of, you know, days or weeks like, oh, there's nobody, you know, no. Right. Yeah, I, I didn't have that issue, but um, I will take quality over quantity anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that we should explore the dating space because 
when we're again we're growing we have to learn how to relationship with people we have to learn how to communicate we have to learn how to see ourselves um in the reflection of other people right this is how we grow uh and i was very honest and i think we should be as you're doing be very honest when we in these spaces and we're doing this because it's a different time now people are so shallow and they're so pretentious and you don't know who's real and who's not and you try to show up in your authentic self and then you're meeting something or someone on the other end that is just a figment of their own imagination and that's unfortunate because Mm -hmm. these are the spirits that sometimes we connect with because we want to see the good in people (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I, and you know what? I'm astounded by the amount of people who, like, even if they if they meet me online, like if they connect with me through Facebook or Instagram, and then they're like, well, send me a picture. And I'm like, but you met me online and you see all my pictures. And like, well, I get catfished a lot. And I'm like, who still has time to do that in 2022? I will tell you a secret between me, you, and anyone else that's watching. <laughs> I am definitely not a fan of the meet of someone needing us online in our mm-hmm. space of creativity because they have they already have this perception and this I don't know what it is and it, it never works for me it, it always yeah. winds up being like you really wanted someone very superficial mm-hmm. and although you may have enjoyed my talks in real life I talk to and <laughs> Right. <laughs> and, and I actually see relationships just like I speak on. Yeah. 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 And I do have an actual expectation. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest thing. But anyway, so, hey, guys, girls, y'all doing this dating because you see someone online and we're having these conversations and we have a presence. I mean, know that we're real people. Like, please know that we're real people. And um, yeah, it's not a fantasy. Yeah, it's not. And have you come across the type that will like, like you said, they will meet you in your creative space and then they'll try and like come on to you just so they can challenge you and oh, then yeah. put you in your place. And it's like, boy, you will become a new topic of my next show. Don't play with me. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And, I, and not just that, I had one tell me, don't put me in your podcast. I was like, yeah. oh, I mean, I would not put you in podcast by name. Right. <laughs> People need to know. People need to know. I yeah it's hilarious all right so let's let's get a little bit further um um, i'm glad you shared like i know i'm asking the questions about um the book and um, life and i realized that you've already covered all those things in the book and so yeah we got to get that so we can you know i would love to even get it and then have another discussion about it to be honest with you but I want to just just move a little bit more because i know you're into empowering and uplifting others um that's your passion um, I know you say a lot of this comes from your family, you know, your mom, your upbringing and, and so on and so forth, but you've had your trials, you've had your tribulations, you've had your challenges. How do you still remain that way? Um, honestly, my motto has always been, I want to see everybody win, even if I have nothing to gain from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that in itself is hard because some people don't deserve it. But then I think back to, well, if God gave me everything that I deserve or didn't deserve, where would I be? And I try and keep that mindset um, as I go forward with people, especially people that I know I can walk away from, even still pouring into them, knowing that you're just a temporary person in my life. It's not easy because there's times where I will, I'll be like, I want to keep that for myself. I don't want to give it to you, but I realize that maybe I'm just that person they needed in that moment yeah. to get them to a different level. So if that's call, if that's what's needed for my service, then I'm okay with that. Um, but it's not easy. Because, I mean, like I said, I, I want everybody to win. But I think, again, that comes from my parents serving and pouring into so many people um, is where I get that mentality from. But I'm, like I said, I hold grudges. So a part of me be wanting to be like, no, nah, I don't think I want to see you into that. <laughs> but I have to remind myself while I'm doing it. It's not for me. I want to I be the type of person where when I leave this place, people are like, she left the mark. She impacted my life in some kind of way, even if it was small. Mm-hmm. For that moment in time that I knew you, you left me better than what I was. Mm, girl, you are speaking to my heart. Honey. <laughs> Those are my words. I've, I've shared that many times. And But do you ever get tired, Cass? Like, I heard you say sometimes you want to keep it for yourself. I literally have started saying that more and more and more. And one of my great therapy friends, therapist friends, she said, Queenie, you just need to set better boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I think you're right. Then I wouldn't feel so overwhelmed sometimes. So do you 
ever get overwhelmed with with knowing that we're always we're oftentimes setting people up for the serve setting them up for the spike setting them up for the alley-oop do you ever become overwhelmed in that all the time yeah um and like you said it goes back to boundaries it's it's praying and and asking god to show you like how can i still pour without losing myself mm-hmm. how can i still give without giving everything that i have to this person even if they don't appreciate it mm-hmm. ultimately it comes back to how can i walk in my purpose and be able to give to people, connect those pieces without tearing myself down in the process. Yeah, and that's not easy. Because, mm-hmm. um, like you said, there there are times where you do get tired. I do get I do get frustrated a lot. Yeah. Um, but then I I mean I don't know the type of relationship that you have, you know, with God. But me and God, we we converse a lot, and we Y'all have cool. very <laughs> yeah, we have a sarcastic kind of give and take. And sometimes I'm like, God, you know, I'm only doing this because I want to get into heaven. Like if you weren't watching, I would not be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm definitely one of those kids where you're like, I gotta keep my eye on you. Yeah, because I'm not gonna do right if you ain't watching. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's the, I kind of keep that in the back of my mind. Of, um, I know it serves a bigger purpose. And again, it's not always about me. Yeah. Everybody out there needs something that I have inside of me. And I think, um, honestly, I spent so much of my life wanting to be unnoticed, mm-hmm. wanting to be invisible to everybody because I was so insecure, I was so hard on myself. Um, and I just wanted to kind of skate through life unnoticed, unbothered. I didn't want, and I'm, I'm like that in a lot of ways now. I'll get to a point where it's like, I just want to be in the house. I don't want nobody calling me. Like you can come knock on my door. If I didn't invite you and you didn't call, I'll leave you standing out there. I've been peeking out through the curtains and see you see me looking back and I will not open the door because I value my space. I value my peace. And if I didn't invite you in, I don't want you coming. It's not personal. But I have to set those boundaries now at this point in my life where it's like, I can't allow you to cross this threshold because it challenges my peace. Yeah. It challenges my peace of mind and I just can't do it. It's not something that I can afford to lose at this point in my life. Yeah. Well, Cash, you're too cute to uh, not be seen, girl. <laughs> I see I see your TikTok. Y'all just check her out TikTok. She'll be doing the daggone thing. <laughs> you too Thank cute you. not to be seen, girl. <laughs> Listen, once a week when I do my podcast, I get dressed up. And that's why I'm always like, you're welcome. I'll, I'll post, I'll share with you guys this once a week when I'm cute. Outside of that, don't bother me. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Well, yeah, I definitely, um, I definitely agree with you, girl. I mean, you know, we have to save space for ourselves, just like we always saving and creating space for others. And um, I think someone says you can't drink from an empty cup, right? We, we can't, right? We can't pour from an empty cup. We can't drink from an empty cup. Um, and when you're called to serve, boy, that is, you know, I, I'll be honest. I don't wish that calling on anyone. However, <laughs> um, I know I have the calling and, and, uh, it's funny because even now people are like, Hey, Queenie, you haven't done anything with your, you know, I have a nonprofit hope project. I have a nonprofit movement, um, mm-hmm. helping those that are in need. I'm like, I'm, I help all day, every day in my, in my job, but people are calling like, girl, what's going on? You haven't done anything lately. I'm like, I know, I know. I needed a reset. Yeah. I'm thankful. That's the one thing I'm thankful for, for uh, COVID 2020 is I was like, Ooh, I can just, it was a blessing. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. A blessing and a curse, but it helped a lot of people. It did. You know, it, it, it did. I don't want to repeat it, but I right. will tell you this. It allows me to take my own 2020, right? I've learned that I can go without a lot of things Absolutely. and for an extended period of time. Um, but the one thing I believe that we all were deprived of and deficient in, uh, many of us, what was touch, um, was truly being able to connect. And I think we come back, many of us have come back with a different appreciation for mm-hmm. connection. And um, that's the beauty. That's one of the beautiful things about that experience that we had during 2020 um, is a beautiful appreciation of gee, can I just see my friend? Can I just see the family member that I don't even normally like to see? (laughs) Right. So I hope we've all learned. I hope we all took something from 2020. And and with that being said, I may as well go ahead and kind of pivot a little bit or segue into that. What did you, I always, I have quite a few questions I like to um, ask at the end of my podcast, but what was your takeaway in 2020 since we're kind of talking about that? What, What was your takeaway from 2020? 
my takeaway was definitely to slow down and set more boundaries because um, even before the with my work, it was always giving, giving, giving. It was always, I have to work harder. I have to prove myself. I have to learn more, take on more so I can accomplish more because I was after the the accolades and the, the acknowledgement from, you know, my employer of, you know, you're doing a great job and we're going we're gonna to reward you. And I was after that pat on the back, right? So I went to climb the corporate ladder and get to a position. And that's what I was after. Um, and 2020 made me realize, like, they don't care. They do not care. At the time when I was working there, I lived the farthest away. Like I said, I was about maybe 30 to 45 minutes away. Um, and I was the only one who had really small children at home. And it got to a point where they would not let me work from home. They were like, we need you in the office. Like, you have to come in. But they were letting other people who had no kids work from home. Wow. Um, and I remember praying, like, I just want to be home with my kids. I want to know they're safe. Uh, um, I want to make sure I'm not bringing anything into the home that could hurt them. I want to be home with my kids. And so even now, when I'm going through my hardships with entrepreneurship, I have to remind myself that I'm living in my hands of prayer. Because mm -hmm. I wanted to be home so I could be closer to my kids and spend time with them and be here when they, you know, take them to school, pick them up from school and, and things like that. And now I can. So even when it's hard, I'm like, it's okay. I prayed for this. I'll find a way. God will work it out. Yeah. Um, but it was my biggest lesson was they'll post your position before they post your obituary. Ooh, girl. Hopefully they don't care about my goals of trying to climb the corporate ladder. They have a business to run. How am I fitting into them running their business? If I'm making it successful, it's a pat on the back. If I'm mediocre at it, they really don't care. They're just passing time the same way I am. On the bigger scheme of things, it wasn't that important. Mm -hmm. I had to focus on me because yeah. they were focused on them. For sure. That's a big lesson. That's a big and it was It was a humbling one because, again, I pride myself on my work ethic. Um, and that's one of my biggest things. If I'm giving you my all, I don't want to feel like I'm replaceable or I'm not important or I don't matter on the bigger scheme of things, especially I've always been one of those people where whenever I work somewhere, I take it upon myself to make myself an asset. So if I'm going above and beyond and learning things you didn't ask me to learn so I can do jobs you didn't ask me to do so I can make myself valuable and you still don't appreciate it, yeah. I was like, I can do this for myself. Absolutely. I love it. Girl, I love that. All right. So listen, we are rounding our curve. It is like a quarter till... Um, I have so enjoyed conversing with you today and I'm glad that you were my I'm back uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, I have a few more coming up, but I'm so glad that you are. We were my first um, after my journey, my, my entries for after dating. So <laughs> this is really good. Um, but I have some quick questions. I'll ask you tell me your opinion, your thoughts, you know, your, you know, your belief uh, mm -hmm. about and, and since we're talking about love and relationships and healing, the relationship zone, I tend to talk love, life, and all things relationships. So why not healing? Um, I would love for you to share with the viewers lessons that you've learned about love. Oh, um, well, I mean, first of all, love is everything. Like I posted on my Instagram the other day, like if you can appreciate me when I'm mean, because when I'm mean, I'm mean. Um, but if you can appreciate me when I'm mean, then you're gonna love it with me when I'm when I'm nice, right? Mm -hmm. um, because I love so hard, and no matter I feel like no matter how many times I get burned by love, as much as I said I'm not doing this again, I love love. Yeah. Like it's just, and it's not just relationship wise. You know what I'm saying? Like look at my kids, I look at my parents, I look at my friends. I love love. I love supporting people, uplifting people. Um, I love encouraging my kids. Like I just, I love love. Like I still. Somebody asked me the other day if I wanted more kids after I've had three C sections, um, and they were painful. You know, the epidural was not a good feeling. Yeah. And I said, you know, I might entertain the idea of one one more. And they were like, even with everything you have to go through to have one, I'm like, absolutely. Because that love that you feel, like that pain is temporary. But that love you feel for your child to see, I have a 17-year-old about to be a senior in high school. Wow. I still remember when she was born. So I can't fathom that she's about to be an adult and be out here on her own, by herself, paying her own bills. Like I can't mm -hmm. fathom it. Yeah. But I love, love that much where I'm like, I would do this again for this feeling of, you know, another child, another piece of me being put out to the world. Um, but love is just everything. That's one of my biggest lessons that I learned. It's everything and it always prevails. Mm. Always. Love that. Yeah. No matter how much you get burned by love, it always comes back even greater, even better. It's just everything. Yeah. Yeah. My good friend, Melissa, 
shared the other day, Melissa Brown, just in case you guys want to check her out, Melissa Brown. She is a, she's a coach. I mean, a, a love coach at that. Um, oh, she, yeah, she's on my page. <laughs> Shout out to Melissa Brown. Y'all check her out. Um, but she shared with me the other day. She said, um, love is your superpower. Mm-hmm. I mean, love is your superpower. Um, all that I've been through, I still find myself loving. Doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Love. Um, so, yes. <laughs> love is everything. You like said it best. Love is just everything. Yeah. Um, love is all the things. It's all the things. So, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about relationships. How many things you've learned um, that you care to share about relationships? The biggest thing that I learned about relationships um, is that people change. All of us are going through a constant state of evolution. And the same person that can love you today and just be so, I mean, you're the wind beneath their wings and just so head over heels for you, might feel differently tomorrow. And that's okay. Because like we said, love is everything. So if you lose love from that person in one way, you'll get it back from somebody else even better. So relationships change, people change. But I feel like as long as you stay true to who you are mm-hmm. and you and your mission, like like mine is to leave people better than what you left them, no relationship will ever be severed. Mm. Wow. Because if I if I make it a point to stay honest with you, to stay accountable to myself and to treat you the best way I can, even if your feelings towards me change, mm-hmm. like I recognize that I'm not for everybody long term like everybody can't be my soulmate right so everybody that I meet every guy that I entertain everybody's not going to be the one but as long as I treat you with respect and I'm honest with you and I try and leave you better than what I left you you should never have a bad taste in your mouth about me as a person so we can always find ourselves leaving in and out of people's lives in some way shape or form as long as we treat each other well I think that's the biggest thing is that I don't think you know, religion and, and getting to heaven is super complicated. Mm-hmm. God just wants us to love each other. Love Treat each other with respect. It's not complicated. It's not as hard as people make it seem like it is. Treat people how you want to be treated. That's what any relationship. Treat somebody else how you want to be treated. Even with our kids. For me, that was the hardest thing. Because, like, I know I'm an 80s baby. Growing up, our parents, it was like, don't talk back. Don't, you know, attitude. I'm just to taste out your mouth. Yeah. It was discipline. Like, our parents were very big disciplinarians. But with my kids, I find myself being more open to different ways of parenting. Yeah. Okay, maybe I was wrong. It doesn't have to be my way or the highway. What do you think? I apologize to you. That was unheard of when I was a kid. Mm. I mean, one time I got a whoop, and to this day, I'm still like, I didn't deserve it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my parents still laugh at all. And they, but they, they wrong. Back and be like, you know what? You're right. You didn't deserve it. I'm sorry. They'll laugh it off, but they ain't apologized yet. <laughs> And I'm still waiting for that apology because I didn't deserve it. <laughs> but, right, right, right. I mean, and a genuine apology. Stop playing. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, relationships, it, it's it's all about, I mean, true connection. Mm-hmm. You know, like just authentically connecting with it. I don't t- care what type of relationship it is. And I don't really care how long that relationship is assigned to you but you know I think it's just beautiful to have a meaningful connection even if it's for a short period of time and this is with family with anyone right you know I I, I, I've learned I have a I have a 21 year old daughter I have a 24 year old son too but a 21 year old daughter and in her adult life or her young adult life I've learned how to connect with her Mm -hmm. we didn't have the best relationship when she was younger Right. I, I was mom and till this day she reminds me well mom you said that you were my mom and not my friend right I wish I would have never said that to her because yeah. I think that causes some trauma and and, you and, think and, so? and I do I really do because you know when we, we talk about parenting styles right we talk about parenting I grew up I'm a 70s baby I mm. grew up understanding that your parents are not your friends right right um i tried to parent that way mm-hmm. uh and funny thing is i was more of a friend to my son and a mom to my daughter 
Uh And I wish I would have known a healthy balance. Um, You know, we can look back, you know, like I'm able to look back on this now. And Mm -hmm. and one thing that I know, again, that stuck with my daughter from me saying it to her as a young lady, it, it, it hurt her. It did not make her believe that I was friendly. It didn't make her believe that she was safe to be herself with me because I was just going to be mom and mom's kind of judgmental and mom puts her in this line of you're supposed to do these things Mm -hmm. um but as a young woman now uh because I took that to heart when she was about 16 um I have been very intentional I mean she probably don't know this I mean she could notice it now but very intentional on being her friend her confidant her mom you know like all the things I needed to be all the things to her Right. And, um, now she's 21 and, uh, and we have made a lot of great strides in our connection together. And my con- the connection allows me to better understand her and to be able to look at her or even feel when something's going on. Um, right. so I'm, I'm happy about that. So I'm learning about relationships and what's necessary for those that are receptive to the evolution of this whole process, right? Because if you're not if you're not receptive, it doesn't matter anyway. So, <laughs> but when people are receptive, I'm you know like I'd say to my daughter, and I apologize to her from you know back then. Um, but when I say to her, you know now I try to listen to her. I, I stop everything I'm doing now when she wants to talk. I used to unfortunately in that relationship shut her down. Mm-hmm. She was a kid. She didn't know what she was talking about, right? Yeah. I was so wrong in that. I was so wrong. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm steady trying to get better at this thing called relationship, um, mm-hmm. because it, it, it's, it's a lot, it means a lot. So <laughs> it means so much. <laughs> so thank you for sharing yours and allowing me to share with mine. Now I want to talk about this healing thing, because I know this is a big part of your, your journey, your mission, your passion. So I want you to tell us the lessons you've learned about healing um healing is a it's a personal thing like i said just because you're doing it you can't expect everybody else to do it um probably the biggest lesson that i've learned is number one there's no timetable on healing i think when i first started the journey i had this idea of well if i commit to it for a certain amount of days it's just magically going to be done with when those days are up and i'll be better and i'll be my best self and that wasn't the case it's still been, like I said, it's been about three years. It's still been an ongoing journey. Mm-hmm. I still have to revisit some things that um, that I struggle with all the way healing versus suppressing because again, they're uncomfortable and certain scars run deeper than other scars. So some scars is easier to address and let them heal and others it's like, okay, I've been poking at it for a while now and it's starting to get painful again. Let me just step away from it for a while. Mm-hmm. That's okay too because healing is not an overnight thing. Some scars is going to take a little while longer to heal than it is others, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to be patient with myself. Um, and I also had to learn how to change my mindset about healing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about me being perfect. It wasn't about, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be able to put my best self into the world. Yeah. Healing for me is about putting the broken pieces of myself back together in a way to where I can now nurture something. I can nurture the child within me, first of all, and then I can be a safe space for others to feel nurtured. Mm. Um, we talked about this on my podcast Sunday, and I use the example of if you have a vase that you want to put flowers in, and there's holes in it and cracks in it, and it can't hold water. You can bandage it up and plug those holes, yet people will still be able to see some of the cracks, but it can now hold water. Mm-hmm. You can now put flowers in it, and they can grow and bloom versus the water draining out of them dying. Wow. I don't mind people seeing the cracks in the holes anymore. What's the, the most important thing is that I can nurture and heal myself and I can nurture and heal somebody else. That's the most important thing. It's not about being perfect. I'll never be able to put the most perfect, best version of myself out into the world. That person doesn't exist. But I can put somebody out to the world who can nurture and help somebody else in, along their journey. I can be an asset to somebody else. I can be a blessing to somebody else. That's the most important thing. Okay, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. <laughs> I love the vase analogy. It's so true. It's beautiful. 
All right, Cass, I want you to, first of all, I know people that will watch this and watch it after we go live and when I put some clips out and put it on YouTube, it'll be all the places. I'm just plugging it, just like, you know. Okay. Um, Hopefully Oprah will watch it and be like, Ooh, all right, all right. that would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I am definitely an Oprah fan. So right. <laughs> we will hashtag Oprah. Right. <laughs> but, um, I, a couple other things I would love before we actually close out for the night. Um, one, I just want to tell you, it's really been um, refreshing talking with you and feeling your energy through that screen. Um, if you ever come to the D DC area, let me know. Uh, okay. We got to we got to get together. I am truly a happy hour girl. If yes. you're not, that's okay. We I can go pray. <laughs> So, so I'm all, about, I'm all about a good happy hours, right? <laughs> so if you ever come to the DC area, let me know. I got you. We're going to go out and have us a little brunch or a drink or something. And okay. That works. <laughs> yes. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Michael, Michael Sturdivant, uh, wherever you are, thank you yes. for connecting us. I know it took us a little while, mm -hmm. but here we are. And I hope this is not our last time. So I'm like, thank That's you. Um, but can you tell us, um, one, where can we find you? I know people will look for you. And although I'll put it in the, the write-up, they're going to watch and they're going to hear right. it. They're so Google it. <laughs> yeah. So tell us where we can find you. Um, well, I mean, obviously I'm on Facebook and I'll share this on my Facebook page. Um, I'm on Instagram, cast underscore the boss. I'm on TikTok um, at cast the boss one. Um, I'm about to open my Pinterest back up. I don't know if anybody's on Pinterest anymore, um, but I'm about to start. I'm about to restart that platform. But yeah, I'm on IG, TikTok, Facebook, all that type of stuff. Um, I'm really putting effort into growing my TikTok platform right now. Um, so I'm at like 2,000 and something followers on there. So I'm definitely growing that platform. So that's probably the <clears throat> most um, when it comes to this healing stuff. Yeah. That's a great platform for this type of stuff. Yeah. And it's spelled C-A-S-S, -S, correct? Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that's listening and watching, um, please go out and follow Cass, spell it with a C, A-S-S, -S, underscore the boss. I know that's on IG. And what's the TikTok one one more time? At Cass the boss one. Okay, at Cass the boss one. So for those of you just listening over podcasts, um, rocking it out on Spotify or Apple or Google or wherever you're listening to your podcast at, make sure you go and you follow um, Cass, check her out on TikTok. That's where you're going to have the most fun because she really yes. laying it down over there. I enjoy her TikTok, so please. And I stream my podcast on there too. Um, the Melanin Insights podcast with Britt and Cass. We stream live on TikTok as well on Sundays at 5.30. Um, and we're on Facebook also on Send Digital Media. Nathan Ivey has an amazing show in Cincinnati, the Nathan Ivey Show, and Send Digital Media is his baby. That's his um, streaming platform where he does all his social media um, and that's his network. And it, I mean, there's a lot of content creators on there, black creatives, with black voices here in Cincinnati, Ohio. I mean, we stream there every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, so y'all heard it here, right? So don't be playing now. <laughs> um, so I, I have a lot of podcast listeners, so uh, I have to talk to them without a camera. So listen, right, guys, yeah. I want you all to, to play this play this in your homes play it while you're at the gym, play it while you're driving in the car, all the things, and then go out there and follow. I think you'll enjoy, especially when those of you that's like on your healing journey, or even those that just know someone that is, you know, in a different stage in their life, a different season, and they may need some encouragement. Um, they may need to be, you know, have some uplifting conversation or, you know, something, just share this. Because I know oftentimes we can't always get through to our friends, but we can share something that can get through to them. So if you have someone, send them this link, text it to them, put it in email, because this conversation here, I think will enlighten and it will help others. So please make sure you share the relationship zone and go out and follow Cass and share her content as well. All right, Cass, before we wrap it all the way up, please share with us anything that you might wanted to say, you didn't get a chance to say, whatever your heart speaks, this is your moment. You got two minutes, get it girl. Oh, two minutes, it means a lot of time to talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love to talk. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> Um, I mean, the biggest thing that I want to share with you guys, uh, my takeaway from this whole thing is be patient with yourselves. 
um, this is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Um, be patient with yourselves because again, nobody's expecting you to be perfect. Life is not easy, especially these past few years. They've been hard on people in general. It's been hard on all of us. Some of us are just struggling to get by. Um, some of us are unlearning things from our childhood that traumatized us. Some of us are unlearning habits and behaviors to try and be better for other people. Um, and some of us don't have anybody to help us unlearn those things. Some of us don't know the first place to begin to unlearn those things. All we know what we've been taught and what we've been exposed to. So just be kind to people because you never know what somebody's going through. There's just so much hurt and trauma going on in the world and you don't know how it's affecting people. Even if you're not directly involved, just knowing that somebody else is hurting, there's a lot of impacts out here. Some of us are hurting just by knowing other people are hurting and we can't do anything to help. So just be kind to people, be kind to yourselves, and let's just be better. Let's love each other. Like I said, there's more time behind us there than there is ahead of us. Things are going in a crazy direction in this world nowadays, and we need each other now more than ever. We need to stop being so divisive, stop letting simple, ignorant things divide us, and let's just be better. Let's love on each other because we need it now more than we ever have. Yeah, and that's what I'll leave you guys with. Yeah, I heard that right. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, Cass, I just want you to hang back for a second. I'm going to stop our recording. Um, I'm going to stop our stream through Facebook. I have had such an amazing time having this conversation with you. I really appreciate you carving out the time for me. Um, and for those that are watching and are listening, thank you so much. And my new saying, because I've been milling over all of this for the last couple months, is live your life and right. love relentlessly. Mm-hmm. So Fantastic. I'll say farewell to you all. Um, thank you for joining us tonight. I'll stop our recording. <laughs>